We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks to Jim Rodriguez of ESPN and Eagle FC who tapped out with us just a few minutes ago. He was at the show last night. I thought it was a good one. Brennan Tobin's in Miami. I'm Sean Levine in Kansas City. And let's UFC into the future because there's all kinds of bets already on tap. The newest one announced by Dana White. Charles Oliver officially has an opponent, and it is the highlight, Justin Gaethje. I only paused there because it felt like for a moment we didn't know who it was going to be. Gaethje's the only decision to make. He comes in at a plus 136. If you want to do Bronx, you're going to have to pay a minus 162. Here's how I look at it, right? Sometimes I look real deep into these fights, Brendan. Sometimes I just go, wait, I can get plus money on Justin Gaethje? Kind of the same way you guys did with Francis Ngannou last week. Don't need to dive too deep into it. What? I can get plus money on this guy? I'll take it. That sounds pretty juicy to me. Yeah, I would definitely say like he's definitely got the talent that that warrants that kind of a, a reaction to that kind of a fight. These are the like this is one of those two where it's like it's going to be fun looking into like where the odds are on method that night because it just feels like there's so many ways the fight could go. Uh, you talk about two guys who are, you know, just versatile in the way that they're in their durability and their ability, you know, all the types of ways that they can win fights. This one I really can't wait for, but it's not it's not a poor logic on your part. I just. uh you know, uh, Charles Oliver made just such a believer out of me with uh, with dealing with Dustin Poirier the way he did. Um, I can see this one going very similar to that one. I don't think that Gaethje can win in a bunch of different ways. Is he a world-class wrestler? Absolutely. Have we ever seen that in the octagon? No. Unless he's forced to, unless he gets on his back, unless Oliveira's trying to tap him, I think that Gaethje, like he has in every single minute of every single fight, tries to keep it on his feet. So I disagree with what you're saying. I think from Dubronk's side, if you want to try to play the method to the madness, how the guy's going to win, he could win anyway. In the case of Gaethje, it sure as hell not going to the cards and he's not going to tap you out. Gaethje wins by knockout. I could see, no, but I could see a situation where he could win on the cards. Like I could definitely see a situation where if he can, you, you're thinking that Justin Gaethje is not good enough to win three rounds against uh, Charles Oliveira. I definitely think... I could see him doing that without putting Oliveira away. Oliveira's tough to put away. We have seen this. Charles, Charles Oliveira is tough to put away with some of the strikes. So I, I definitely think because Gaethje has that nasty calf kick where he puts on guys and can wilt them in that way, I definitely think that it's a situation where he could win an elongated fight going the distance. Have we seen it with Gaethje, though? Like, uh, you're talking about one side. You're talking the Oliveira side with Gaethje. Like, I'm asking literally, have we seen him win a fight like that? Uh, I mean, like him and Chandler, like they were going back and forth the entire time. Like it was, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a five rounder, but still just, uh, it was crazy good. So that definitely is an X factor here. They got to go an extra two rounds. That's going to be tough on him for sure. Speaking of five round fights, we got Masvidal Covington, the one we've been talking about now for a long time. This feels like a real grudge match. Sometimes it's fabricated. Sometimes it's real. This is real, real. You know, these guys down in Miami, right in your backyard, minus 330, you're going to have to pay for Colby Covington. The comeback on Masvidal is plus 260. We've been talking about this since the odds came out for a couple of weeks. It feels like all the money, and I mean 90% of it, is going to go on Masvidal if he actually goes off at 2.6 to 1 on your money? Hell, I'll probably put a couple of dollars down on that. Yeah, I mean, like, there's you're telling me that there's not a shot that he could land one of those big shots that he did he on his cries. Res. Absolutely. Uh, that's definitely going to be tasty. I think also it's one of those things where, look, you know, you've said, like, you think that Colby Covington is 1B in this division. It's hard to argue. He's been right there with Camaro, and Camaro handled 
uh, if we're doing the MMA math thing, he's handled Jorge Masvidal quite easily twice. One of them, he knocked him into another stratosphere. So I think that with that, we're just kind of going off of one fight with that, with these two guys. And I just think with Masvidal, his resume just is so much more deserving of being whittled down to, hey, he really wasn't that great against Kamaru Usman, especially when one of those fights was on a week's notice. So I think for me, I, I think it's definitely, uh, it should be closer. I do agree that Colby should be the favorite in this one. But man, that's that's a, a, those are some tasty odds you can get uh, Jorge at. I think Colby's so good and somewhat underrated. Maybe the last couple of fights versus Usman, he's finally starting to get his shine. But I'm talking about maybe somewhere between the seventh to ten best fighter in the world. I think he's better than some champions. Now I'm we're talking different weight classes here, but if we're going pound for pound, I would put him ahead of Aljamain Sterling. I'll put him ahead of Glover Teixeira. I think that. I think that. At some point, if he kept fighting Kamara Usman, he's the only guy that could actually beat Usman if that went down in the next couple of years. And we might just see it. Yeah, he, he's an interesting one, too. You would wonder if a guy like Kobe, you know, we've been hearing a little bit this week about, you know, guys moving up in weight. You wonder if, like, maybe he would entertain something like that. Does he look at maybe somebody like an Adesanya and think maybe, maybe a 185 move would be good for him? I know he's kind of, like, got that perfect <laughs> cardio, that perfect cardio uh, body for 170, but... Think about it. Like, you know, some wrestlers have had a little success against this. You think about what Gaslam did, who's a smaller middleweight, you know, a guy who's not really built for that division. Could Colby maybe look at the landscape and say, hey, maybe it is time that, that I make a move up and get away? Like we saw with DC. DC was that kind of in the light heavyweight division. Never could beat John Jones. Never was good enough. But we all knew how world class he was. Got to heavyweight. Did his own thing. Maybe that's the path for Colby. Oh, man, that gets me excited. That's why I made that weird noise. Brendan Tobin <laughs> in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City. Jake's producing the action in Philly. And you joining us on the BetQL Network. Let's keep going down this fictional path for just a second. I don't think they'd look crazy in a face-off. Like, Izzy's a pretty skinny dude, especially up top. And in the case of Colby, he can get bigger than he normally is. Like, I, I'd love to see it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Plus, he's, you know, you know, like it's not even. I think a case is. I think we know how he's going to go try and win that fight. Like it's not like he's got. I don't think he has to get all world bigger for it. You know, he's not going to go try and knock, you know, Israel Adesanya's head off. He's going to try and just wear him down. That's that's what he does against these strikers who are really really good. He just completely exhausts them to where they don't have anything left. I think it's. I don't think it's a crazy crazy matchup. Speaking of Glover Teixeira, now we know who's he's going to defend his title against. It's Yuri Prohaska. Oh, I mean, I, sometimes guys are bad matchups for some guys. Sometimes guys are bad matchups for any human being on earth. And if you've ever watched Yuri Prohaska, that guy just he doesn't he fight he fights like a, a machine in there. So he's coming in at minus one eighty four. The champion Teixeira, the comeback is a plus one thirty four. It's always tempting to take the guy with the belt at underdog money, but. I think I'm going to have to take Prohaska at 184. And once he gets this belt, guys, I think he's going to have it wrapped around his waist for a long, long time. Yeah, I haven't been this excited for anybody at light heavyweight since John's lost the belt. John like Jones, they've, yeah. You know, like he, like they've been waiting for the guy to be the kind of heir apparent. It's been held by a couple of old dogs, you know, since since John's kind of stepped away here. This guy really could be the future of the division. I think that that's a really, really exciting thing. Now, look, yeah, Glover has been, what is he? He's on a six-fight win streak right now. It's been an incredible resurgence for Glover, but I mean, the new blood is coming. He looks like, you know, you say, oh, a guy like Glover to share has seen it all. He's even been in there with John Jones, but I think that, you know, he got Yuri coming in here with his no look, his no look elbows and all the things that he throws at you. It's crazy. 
What if he has a highlight finish like that in this fight, a la the elbow you're talking about against Dominic Reyes? Any chance John Jones says, I'll come back, but I'm going to come back for that old lightweight belt? Man, that's a good question. Like, could, like, do you think that something like that would be enough of a star maker for Yuri that, like, it would be worth it for John? I, that's a good question. Like, what's a bigger fight for John? His heavyweight debut or people going this? I think it would probably depend on how Yuri handles it. You know, he's kind of a quirky personality. Like, does he call out John Jones? That you know, does he? Does he? Does he? You know, demand that he comes down here? That would be an interesting thing how he handles it. But I still feel like John's gung-ho on heavyweight but who's he fighting like now that we saw Nganu beat Gon and Nganu looks like he's going to be out for a while I don't think Gon's next up Stipe of course is right there of course Derek Lewis is on a bit of a run like who's who's John fighting at heavyweight if he comes back soon yeah I would guess Stipe that would be my first that would be like the first place I would lean to and I think that's that a fun that's, def- too. That's, that's a that's a that's a huge fight you're talking about arguably the best heavyweight champion ever against the best light heavyweight champion ever hmm. for an interim championship uh obviously the Francis thing will hang over the entire fight week I think that's the way they should probably go but you know I mean maybe I mean maybe it's enough that's like it's kind of like the old Khabib argument, right? Like oh maybe if somebody uh you know th- you know threatens my legacy enough maybe I'll come back I don't know if Yuri just beating Glover, something he's already done, will do that. John seems a little bit stuck in his ways on that stuff. Well, it is the BetQL network after all, Brendan. Who would be favored if that fight actually did take place with John Jones? Jones oh. versus Stipe. Jones versus Stipe? Um, I still think Jones. I think Jones would be the favorite, especially because Stipe, you know, had the vicious has had the vicious knockout losses. I think people uh I, I honestly think that. He's uh, that people that, that that John's gonna get the respect there. Uh, him versus Yuri, I think that he would be a heavy favorite. I think John's a favorite because people want to pay to see John Jones come back, so that's what happens. I think that there's a chance that either one of those guys would beat John Jones, and I think that I'd put my money against John Jones. Like this is there are layoffs, and then there's this particular layoff, and somebody told me a long time ago, you don't get better not doing what you do. And in the case of John Jones, the last couple of times out, Brendan, he's looked vulnerable at light heavyweight. Some people think that he went running to heavyweight because of that situation. I don't know who he's fighting, but I'm betting against him. I don't agree with that, though. Like, I think that, first of all, nobody's better at coming back from long layoffs than John Jones. Nope, he's more experienced, that's nobody's for sure. Nobody's more experienced than him. <laughs> um, and I think, I think it just had more to do with, like, what else is there to do at light heavyweight? I think he's looking for motivation. I think he's looking for big fights. I think he has been for a long time. I think heavyweight is that. I think, he, I, I think man, I wish it was the Francis thing. I'm bummed out that this is going the direction it's going because I'd much rather see John versus Francis. That I'd pay twice the pay-per-view price than I would for him versus Stipe. But, you know, it's it's tough watching what's going on right now with that. Another fight on tap. Uh, uh, Jared Cannon here at minus 174, taking on Derek Brunson, plus 146. Derek Brunson's had one of the weirdest careers in the UFC because his resume is wildly impressive. He's white hot right now, although it feels like everybody's always trying to hold him down, including yeah. the promotion. I, I'm surprised he's an underdog in this fight. Nothing against Cannon here, but I'm all over Brunson in this one with underdog money. I think it's one of those things like Brunson's like the guy he feels like he's always a contender, right? Like he's never going to ever feel like a true guy who could threaten the title. Like gatekeepers, maybe the term some people use journeyman. I think he's a little bit better than that. What is he riding? Like a five fight win streak right now. He he came back from that bad injury against Robert Whitaker, got himself a win, but you know, he's getting up there too. Jerry Cannonier is not young. And so I, 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 I'm surprised by that too. I think that's good value on Brunson. 
Bellator 273 kicks off here in about 10 minutes. We'll talk about that in the second hour of the show. But up next, UFC Vegas 47 is next week at the top of the card. Jack Hermanson versus the wild man, Sean Strickland. I don't know if you guys saw his personal cribs episode earlier this week, but a wildly entertaining fella. By the way, next week, we're, uh, let's call it 95 to 97% sure we're going to bring on Tim Welch. And an outside chance, we're going to get Sugar Sean O'Malley. So if you're a fight fan, you don't want to go anywhere. One hour in the books coming up next. Round two of Tapped Out. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.